It's time for the June 8, 2012 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to current events broadcasting from the nearly empty campus on the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI, 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Mahler, Mahler, Mahler. Mahler, Mahler, Mahler. Can I? Yeah, Mahler. Don't, don't antagonize him. Don't make, don't make him. Oh, he gets, when you do that, it just fires him up. It does. Can, it's can good I, for him, though. He's excited. Can I just say, you play a mean, hollow-bodied blues riff there at the beginning I of the show. I just play the same way every time. I know, once but you, you do just it once, sounds so good. I love that do song. It, do it all the time. Well, there you go. You know, Mahler is excited because he's growing that phytoplankton out in the back. Oh, yeah. 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 He's been growing a lot of that, although I don't think he's real successful, and that's why he might have been a little bit agitated there when I was goading him. Well, his his irrigation techniques are leave a little bit to be desired. I mean, yeah, that's, well, that could have some impact. He's, he's been packing it in ice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And and let me explain. All right, please. Because you know, otherwise, packing in ice, you say, why would you pack your phytoplankton in ice? Who does that? NASA researchers were surprised to discover phytoplankton blooms flourishing under thick layers of Arctic ice. Wow. There you I think Mahler was trying to duplicate those conditions. Mm-hmm. That, that upended preconceptions about Arctic ecosystems. They have phytoplanktons under, under ice. Under ice. Yeah. As someone who has been studying polar marine ecosystems for 25 years... Yeah. That's me. Oh, speaking. that's going to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, I'd always yeah. thought that the idea of under ice phytoplankton blooms was nonsense. Well, did he do a harumph and a did he was he blustering when he said that? This I was Kevin Arrigo, uh, yeah, a biological did. oceanographer oh. at Stanford University. Yes. There is simply not enough light getting through the ice mm. for them to grow. Yeah. He would, th- you'd think. That's what I thought. That's what Mahler was thinking. I t- <laughs> But he's been packing a lot of ice back there. Maybe he's just cold. Maybe that's why he's crazy. I don't know. There's mounds of ice back here at KUCI. No, yeah. I'm a little bit chilly. Yeah, I'm freezing. Yeah. There's simply not enough light getting through the ice into the ocean for them to grow, you would think. As it turns out, phytoplankton not only flourishes under thick layers of ice, but grows in numbers about four times higher. You can, like, what? go crazy with your phytoplankton in ice. So it's like a hothouse. Well, it's a cold house. Yeah, well, it's a hot yeah, house. It's, 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 ho- yeah. it's a cold hot house for yeah. phytoplankton. This is it, four times higher than in open water. The idea that phytoplankton can only bloom under three foot thick ice, but that they can reach numbers that put their open water counterparts to shame was a complete surprise. Wow. They had no amazing. idea this would happen. It's, you know, it, it turns science on its head, essentially. Now, I have no idea what I'm about to say is even anywhere near the cl- uh, anywhere near reality, but does that mean as the the ice is melts at, at the uh, at the polar uh, caps that we we can look forward to more phytoplankton in the water, therefore maybe helping? Uh, probably not. No, I mean, it's not. under ice; yeah. and it's growing. Yeah. So as it melts, it'll probably grow less. Yeah. So I just know that the the, the microbes and the little tiny creatures in the ocean eat phytoplankton and yeah. they survive uh-huh. and they flourish. Because of it. But okay. since we'll have less ice. We will have less ice, and therefore they, they won't have as much off. as, yeah. Uh-huh. So there you go. I don't know. Answer. I don't know. There, there's the But who knows? The next question. thing we might yeah. discover is that these guys flourish with less phy- phytoplankton. 
since this has been turned on its head. I wouldn't count on it. Well, I think we're, as a species, about to find out the uh-huh. answer to all of that. These are exciting times, Mike. <laughs> they are exciting yeah. times. They, every single credible story that I hear, uh, that I read in the last couple of years about this century that we're in, mm-hmm. every one of them who talks about climate change says that we're looking at three to five degrees, rises in sea levels, loss of fresh water. Three to it's, five degrees. Fahrenheit, centigrade. Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit, I'm sorry, yes, which is just catastrophic for the planet. Every one of them talks about mid-century, maybe later in, you know, three-quarters of the way through the century. It's coming, but, and there's one more, one more, uh, you know. One more thing to get agitated. It's not the type of excitement that I like. One more aspect of the whole, to the ecosystem, and the the more we know about it, the more depressing it becomes. Uh I think it all started with bungee jumping. Do you? It's that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But I'm not quite sure. Well, that kind of excitement. Oh. You know, will the cord hold? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Oh, that's hey. it. That's it. When you jump off that bridge. Yeah. There's those moments. Yeah. Of just and that's sheer what we're panic. doing right now. Yeah, that's right. You're right. I like that. Pro-government forces in Syria, in case you want to talk Syria right Let's now. Let's talk Syria. Yeah. We're accused of committing a new massacre with reports of more than 86 dead in Hama. Mm-hmm. province. Hamal residents say Syrian forces shelled a village before pro-government militants entered and killed dozens of civilians. The alleged attack comes less than two weeks after more than 100 civilians were reportedly killed in the village of Hula. Yeah. So a lot of civilians dying over yeah. there. It sounds like a nasty place. Yeah, and the Syrians uh, are, have sort of abandoned this Kofi Annan peace plan. Yeah. They're throwing out um, people from other, the uh, sort of the diplomats and things. And also they're being kicked out of countries around the world. The United States has recalled our ambassador and basically told the Syrians to get lost, to go back home here in this country. So things are polarizing, not good. And as we talked about last week, it is really truly kind of a crossroads country in the Middle East. Lots and lots of people are very, very. Um, uh, nervous about what could happen in Syria. What would happen? A civil war. Turkey. But what would happen well, given a civil war? Well, civil war because Syria. Tell me about the dominoes. Shares a border with Syria, with Syria, with Turkey, Iran, and Israel, and those are three countries yeah. of which you do not want to have. You don't want any heat. You want. You just you do want not any... want that. Yeah. yeah, Iran, Turkey, and Israel. Uh huh. Just. That's just they got problems on their own. Turkey's, and then you got Syria yeah, going on yeah. in there. And Turkey is a, a NATO point. a NATO country with a lot of military aid and a, and the support of NATO. Uh-huh. We, I don't think we have to go into Iran too much. And Israel has already attacked Syria a number of times. Taking the are Golan we at Heights. war with Iran? I forget. Uh, what? Uh, kinda. Kinda. Uh, it's, it's a kinda war. They call it. They call it a. Uh, it's a cold war. It's not a hot war. It's a cold war with with Iran. I think that's a safe way to put it. It's kind of a warm war, isn't it? It's 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 lukewarm. It's yeah. not it's not full on. Although, as we are learning, we're we've been helping the Israelis kind of launch those uh, computer viruses and things that have. And also, I, one you know, I didn't know this until one good way to stop an oil producing country from exporting its oil and uh-huh. ruining the economy is to make sure that they can't get insurance on their oil tankers. And we have done that. The international community has banded together to basically not insure 
uh, Iranian oil tankers, huh. which is just sort of kind of one of those old choke points in in a, in a world economy where you can really have an impact without firing a missile or anything like that, but you can really destroy an economy by just something doing something like that. And that's what is happening to Iran right now. So huh. there you go. So, like, if they bump into another oil tanker, they have to pay for the uh, it's, it's liability. On their, it's huh? on their dime, yeah. Wow. Apparently. Well, and I think if you had one of those, you know, I don't know how many millions of gallons of oil are in those tankers, but it's it's got to be a lot. You just lose a couple of those. Uh-huh. I always thought does, w- does the tanker club, you know, the uh, not the AA, but the AAA, but the uh, Tanker Club of America. <laughs> the A the triple A yeah, for triple, tankers. Yeah, triple A for tankers. Cover it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. And you can get the premium plan. I yeah. mean, you can go with the we, regular plan. You can get 100 miles towing. <laughs> you get, you'd be towed, yeah. towed from continent to continent by the triple A. By the way, I always, I always thought it'd be if the Iranians and the Saudis ever wanted to destroy America, yeah. all they'd have to do is ground about 10 oil tankers off the coast of the East Coast. Just run them right into the shoreline yeah. and have them bust up. Not just about do in the economy of the United States for yeah. quite some time. I got your insurance right here. Yeah, exactly. Would be the message. That would be, yeah. That's it. We've talked about this before, Mike, but I think it's worth bringing okay. up again. That vast profits made from drug production and trafficking are, trafficking are overwhelmingly reaped in rich consuming countries. That would be Europe and the U.S. rather than the producing nations mm. like Colombia and Mexico. That was... Revealed yet another report. Yet another study. Yeah. Its authors claim that financial regulators in the West are reluctant to go after Western banks in pursuit of the massive amount of drug money being laundered through their systems. Yeah. So we make all the money over here on the drugs. Yes. The most far-reaching and detailed analysis to date of the drug uh, economy in any country, this was, in this case, Colombia, shows that 2.6% of total street value of cocaine produced remains within the country. 2.6. 2.6. And uh, how, do you, how much do you think so, are, wait, so, are so you reaped got... by crime syndicates oh. and laundered by banks in the first world countries? Uh, that would be 97.4%. That would make yeah. it about 100% of the... So, so when Mexico is a little bit upset at the U.S. Yeah. for perpetuating yeah. a drug economy... Yeah. Yeah. They they have they have some figures behind them there. Yeah. Yeah, it does make you wonder. So you got a, a dollar. You're I a got drug a dollar. you're a drug guy. You're I'm involved a drug in the guy. drug trade. Yeah. You got a buck. You got that right. Well you got it in change. You got a bunch of change in your hand. You got change. Okay. I got I get so, pennies, so, I got quarters, so, pennies, quarters. I got nickels. So you hold on dimes. to two sometimes three cents, but sometimes somewhere. Three cents. Yeah, somewhere I got in there. three cents. You got three cents. So and I you... can go out and buy like a gumball maybe. maybe. I don't think I can. So I can't buy anything. It's worthless. Yeah, you, you really three you, cents. What am I going to do? So then you give somebody else the ninety-seven cents. Some Yankee, where they can go practically go to the ninety-nine cent store yeah. and buy like a pink bunny. <laughs> That's they could go to the ninety. But I got nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. So there you go. By the huh. way, why has why haven't the SEAL Team Six invaded like Wells Fargo boardroom? Hmm? To, why haven't why haven't we sent S- seal team six seal in- team six into the boardroom of Chase Manhattan or yeah or where were they laundering that money yeah yeah to, to find out what the heck's going on because yeah. that's true I've heard up to a half a trillion dollars a year passes through laundered by those big banks oh. uh, yeah 
So, sure does. Yeah, SEAL Team 6, Seal where team are six. you? Delta Force, right into the heart yeah. of Manhattan here, yeah. or wherever. So, you know. What time is it, Mahler? <laughs> yeah. Yes, what is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's time for drones in the news. Drones in the news. We love this part of the show. The fate of one of the United States' most dedicated enemies was the subject of mounting speculation after a drone strike in Pakistan's tribal belt was said to have targeted, and we talked about this drone strike last week, mm-hmm. but it was said to have targeted Abu Yahya. Mm-hmm. Yahya? Yeah, I've heard Yahya. Yahya? Yeah. Yahya? Alibi. Yeah. Yeah. The Al-Qaeda commander who escaped American custody in 2005 and became the group's deputy leader after Osama bin Laden's death last year. So that's what that drone attack was about. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing the Pakistanis weren't very happy. No. Probably about that. Defense Secretary Leon Panetta, this is an interesting story, Mm -hmm. along with drones in the news, Mm -hmm. brushed aside concerns on that drone strike against leaders of al-Qaeda in Pakistan violate that country's sovereignty. He said, ah, ah go ahead. Come sovereignty. On. Yeah. Who cares about that? Yeah. This is Panetta speaking. We have made clear to the Pakistanis that the United States of America is going to defend ourselves, defend ourselves against those who attack us. Panetta said, this is not just about protecting the United States. Now, so he kind of, this is one cent, one paragraph here. Yeah. Defend ourselves, but it's not just about the United States. Yeah. It's also about protecting Pakistan. Yeah. And we have made it clear very clear that we are going to continue to, to defend ourselves. Back to ourselves again. <laughs> you know, ourselves, Pakistan, ourselves, yeah. you know, maybe Pakistan. Panetta chuckled along with his audience about Pakistan's lack of warning before the U.S. killed Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> we you didn't know, tell them. Yeah, they didn't know about is, the operation, Panetta said to laughter. That's hilarious. Yeah. That was the whole idea. That's so funny. Joking with a group of high-level Indians, and I do mean from India, yes, about a raid that has been keenly embarrassing to Pakistani military leaders is not likely to be received warmly in Islamabad. I don't you, think so. Really, they wouldn't be to, laughing about it. To be mocked and 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 uh, yeah, and, and laughed at. And laughed yeah. at and. Panetta of... did make clear that the U.S. and India both have troubled relationships with Pakistan. Just as India views the relationship with Pakistan as complicated, so do we. Complicated, and then you laugh about it. And then you laugh. That makes it real complicated, doesn't it, Leon? Those rubes in (laughs) Pakistan, we love them. Uh, we're going to need some fanfare music on drones some, because I really think... Well, Mahler is trying his best I, He there. was doing I a great him, job. But yeah, I told him, he could, you could come up with something better, Mahler. I mean, really. No, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not... Uh, get away. No. Yeah, hey, get hey, out here. get out. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Right. Do you know how many drones we have now in the U.S. arsenal? 4,300. Wow, that's a good guess. 7,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is a good. I'm sure. So we went from basically none in 2001. We yeah. Had a few. Well, these are hot. Drones are hot. Drones are super hot right now. Uh, you want to be seen with a drone right now. If you're like in Hollywood, yeah. you're at the, some kind of red carpet affair. Yeah. If you've got a drone hovering over you, yeah, that's the new yeah. thing. Paparazzi are going crazy over that. Yeah. Apparently, even today, we were saying that we're going to concentrate more on drones. The U.S. military. Yeah. Made a big deal out of that. An announcement. Yeah. We're going drone heavy. Yeah. 
Well, now these things, the bigger drones, the larger aircraft-sized uh-huh. drones, can now take off and land on aircraft carriers. Absolutely. So that's a big deal. And in that regard, Boeing recently oh. tested a new kind of hydrogen-propelled drone oh. capable of staying in flight for four days. Wow. Now, usually they stay up about 30 hours right now. So this is, this is a deal. Mm. Four days. I'm getting me a drone. I've told you that before, but I can hardly wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sent away an Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> okay. They got a selection okay. of drones there. You know, just type in drone, Amazon. Uh-huh. There's at least 10 of them. Oh, I want one. Yeah. I want it's one. It's just a little mini drone. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I met a woman who works in an aerospace company yeah. over the last weekend, and they work with drones. And yeah. yeah, it's just it's just kind of scary. I just it's what'd she say about not just they're that that it's it. This is the new thing that the the abilities of these uh, to go anywhere to do anything that you ask them to do to survey surveillance or you know it's just it's it's a it's all the rage. It is yeah. kind of a Star Wars new world, right? Where there's got to be some sort of anti drone capability, some some way to market that. I, the I scrambled was, drones. Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe some, that's or, the only way. Or maybe way. a net. If I saw a little drone out in the backyard, I'd go after him with a net. Yeah. Honestly, these things are <laughs> so mobile and so so stealthy. I don't know how you ever com- completely. Eventually, every a country. Hose, you could hose them out of the air. <laughs> well, might, it might really mess them up. Well, it makes them mad. I've done that. Like, I've seen a bunch of them. They they kind of congregate, and then you squirt them. I got to figure. I'm sure they're encased in something, but it might throw them off course, might might, uh, screw around with their uh, gyroscope. Who knows? I don't think it's it's science fiction that in a couple of decades, every country of any industrial ability will have lots and lots of drones with the ability to fly basically anywhere. I just the their implications are pretty severe. Well, I, I think ultimately you'll you'll be uh, you'll have your beaches patrolled by drones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our borders are already being patrolled yeah. by drones. But just normal public yeah. beaches will right. be patrolled by parks will be right. patrolled by drones. Right. When the Kings win the Stanley Cup, there'll be a lot of drones overhead. Yeah. I mean, you, you you're right. I mean, you're on the beach after dark. A yeah. drone flies over and tells yeah. you to get the heck off the beach. Yeah. I mean, I mean, whatever, whatever aspect of your life you choose to think about, there's probably an, a role for a drone to play. Well, well, not every aspect. <laughs> I, don't back I can think of let a me, few. Let me back Although it would make it more interesting. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know. Huh. There you go. Defense Secretary. Speaking of Defense Secretary Leon mm-hmm. Panetta, he's urging India leaders, leaders in India. Mm-hmm to play a more robust role in Afghanistan. Do you love that word robust as much as I do? Um, well, it's used in in government. It's, it's used a robust. lot. Robust. Yeah. It's not used, say, I mean, when's the last time you heard Bob Dylan or... Yeah. You know, no, but you're right. It's a government I mean, word. It's just become Bob kind Dylan, of, but it's, it's anybody. Kind of anybody in the, in the music field. Yeah. When have you heard the word robust being used? No. It's not a very. It's not poetic unless it's used almost, you know, in a postmodern referential way. It's kind of a new word in the sense I don't remember hearing it as much as it, and and up till about ten years ago. It seems Mm -hmm. to have really taken on a lot of cachet in the last ten years. Robust. It kind of sounds like something you use in a lyric. (laughs) Didn't there? There once was a man from Augusta. (laughs) 
who his friends said were was very robusta. It used yeah. to be, I remember it being used to describe sophic women. He tripped on a crab. <laughs> his balls he did grab. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, and now, now they call him... No Busta. No Busta. There you go. Well, yeah, that's the one you have to work on. Yeah, you have to work what on that. I'm sorry with about it. I ruined Robusta. what it was otherwise a very good limerick. But Anyway, <laughs> we have to carry have okay. a more robust girl yes. in Afghanistan. Yes. Yes. A robust. <laughs> we need more What robust, did I say? What did I say? Robust girls. In, is that what you said? In, I wouldn't say something like that. Oh, okay. It's just so obvious. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said that. A robust role. Role. Oh. Role. Oh, okay. A U.S. tensions... As U.S. tensions with Pakistan, India's arch rival continued to churn. That's why he wants churn. There's another one. That's yeah, another. One. When's the last time Bob Dylan said churn? <laughs> to every season, churn. There once was a man churn, named churn. Vern. No, please, please. We're going to get thrown off the radio if you continue with these <laughs> limericks. Whose stomach started to churn? <laughs> All right. He ran to the loo oh. with something to do, <laughs> <laughs> and boy. Did his sphincter burn? <laughs> See, what? that was, what? yeah, okay, yeah. All India right. has not been a major <laughs> military player in the war, largely focusing on economic development and reconstruction in Afghanistan, but U.S. defenses, defense officials said Panetta will talk with Indian leaders about possibly helping to train the Afghan army and police. Oh, boy. Well, we're training people to kill. Yeah. So when people kill, then we report on it as if it's, you know, news. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of like, you know, giving people cereal and when they eat it, saying, hey, look, they're eating cereal. Oh, my God. (laughs) We are a mess. Ooh. To counter that, Venezuela brought a new gun law into effect, which bans the commercial sale of firearms and ammunition. You can't you can't buy firearms or ammunition in Venezuela in Venezuela now. Until now, anyone with a gun permit could buy arms from a private company. Mm -hmm. Under the new law, only the Army, police, and certain groups like security companies will be able to buy arms from the state-owned weapons manufacturer and importer. The ban is the latest attempt by the government to improve security and cut crime ahead of the elections in October. Right. I'm sure some people would say it's a way to control the the masses. Well, and also Chavez is is in serious trouble politically. The uh, Venezuela has become one of the most crime-ridden yeah, you'd, countries you'd have in the to world. See, I, w- I wonder how it's going to affect that, because Venezuela had 18,000 murders last year. 18,000 murders, yeah, in yeah. A, and it's not a yeah. huge country. No. And Caracas is uh, one of the most dangerous places in Latin America, yeah. which, a, is a, which is dangerous. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hugo Chavez's uh, uh, regime has become really uh, a disaster, and he is apparently uh, in the throes of a uh, cancer, fighting cancer. He may not survive a lot longer. There's been no sort of attempt to put in in place a succession to his his uh, presidency. So it's going to descend into something awful. Yeah, Japan and China started direct trading of their currencies. Mm-hmm. That's this is big news here. This could have been above phytoplankton's as far as reading this. Mm-hmm. But I like to mix them up. The yen and the yuan, or the yuan. Mm, yes, yeah, that sounds right. Well, yuan. you know, it's it's an often mispronounced word, yeah. Y-U-A-N. 
on the Interbank Foreign Exchange Markets in Tokyo and Shanghai in an apparent bid to strengthen bilateral trade and investment between the world's second and third largest economies. Direct yen-yuan trades are aimed to hedge the risk of the dollar's fall in the long run as the world's key settlement currency and as the main reserve currency in Asia. By skipping the dollar in transaction, the two biggest economies tend to reduce their dependence on dollar risk. This is in Asia. On dollar risk and U.S. monetary authorities' influence on the Asian economy, mm. aiding China's goal of undercutting U.S. influence in the region. Mm. It is the first time that China has allowed a major currency other than the dollar to directly trade with the yuan. Well, that's an interesting development. I'll say. Yeah. I mean, truly, yeah, it, is, is. it is huge news. Yeah. Uh, although, is, despite all of our economic trouble, the U.S. dollar is still considered the, current, the currency of the world, but yeah. obviously someone's... Well, someone's chipping away. Yeah. Chipping, yeah. chipping. Yeah. You know, just a little bit on the tsunami front. Okay. Everybody's heard about it. I wonder why this is such... Well, I guess it's a visual. A 165-ton concrete steel, concrete and steel fishing dock washed ashore in, at Oregon's Agate Beach. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you hadn't heard about this? No, one? no, oh, I yeah. Not, no. It, it's, it's like 66 feet long, and on it was a plaque uh, that gave the name of the manufacturer in Tokyo where they tracked it down to the uh, fishing town of Misawa in northern Japan, which was hit by the... Uh, Four docks, actually, were ripped from the town shoreline during the March 2011 tsunami. They're still trying to figure out how to get rid of this dock, although it's become a little tourist attraction there right now. How how big was it? Well, uh, 165 tons, concrete and steel. It made its way across the ocean. It had all sorts of plankton and stuff growing on it. Lots of foreign foreign marine life that could pose a threat to North American marine life, flora and fauna. So scientists are trying to determine how to get rid of the little creatures before scrapping the dock because they don't want to bring this on shore or do anything. You know, they want to hose it down, get rid of all this transcontinental plankton. Right. Wow. And the owners don't want it either, for what it's worth. They don't complain them, you know. Wow. It's, it's, uh, it's almost as if that dock is radioactive. It's not. It's not, but, well, but, in, a, a little but bit. in an ecological sense. It's, yeah. It's, no one uh, wants it. Nobody wants it. I got it. I got that little turn of phrase there. Yes. It was cute. Uh, just More international stuff? Yeah, just there? two days yeah. ago was, yeah. uh, I think it's a... An anniversary worth marking. Oh, the forty-fifth uh, anniversary of the nineteen sixty-seven uh, Israeli-Arab War. It, it started on June sixth and ended in six days. They call it the Six Day War. Uh, it has been forty-five years uh, since uh, Israel was able to acquire land in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, uh, of which the international community has been saying that needs to be negotiated back to the Palestinians or to the Syrians or to whoever and ensure the the secure zone for the Israelis in the process. But it's still, we are 45 years later into an, now an occupation of much of the West Bank and, and the Gaza Strip. Wow. Yeah. Shall we go domestic? Yes, we should. Scott Walker. Yeah. Let's start with Scott. Yeah, why not? He survived a historic recall election more than a year after launching his controversial campaign against the state's public workers. We all remember that. Oh, we do. They took over. The state house. Yeah, the state house, yeah. For a number of days. Yeah. 
After raking in millions of dollars in outside campaign contributions, Walker beat Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett 53 to 46 percent. High voter turnout was... uh, very had high. something to do with yeah, it. There yeah, there was over. I want to say over seventy percent, seventy percent turnout, something like that. Yeah, Walker becomes the first governor in the country to survive the recall election. There've only been three, and he's yeah. the one who sur- survived. Yeah. Um, the the hard numbers, the hard money numbers, were about thirty-two million to about four million. Thirty-two million for Walker, four million for Barrett. The soft money was something on the order of another thirty to thirty-five million. So they're saying somewhere between sixty thirty-five million. Oh, yeah, go soft, ahead. With so this. sixty sixty-five million dollars, maybe as high as seventy, were spent in the election in uh, Walker's behalf, and somewhere about between four and eight million were spent yeah. on behalf of Tom Barrett's campaign to beat Walker. So it's about about an eight to one. Disparity, and I certainly think that had an impact on the race. Oh yeah, I was fifty three forty six was the final numbers, but uh, and a lot of people who maybe wouldn't have voted for Walker normally said, unless it's uh, we're not going to vote to recall someone unless it's a criminal matter. If it had been a criminality involved, the determination had been. I think that Barrett would have had a much better chance. This was over a policy. Yeah. And there is something to be said for that. I understand the, the I understand that argument. Uh, well, if you if you put it's actually fairly close. If you put the fact that it's eight to one spending, yeah, over his opponent, yeah, and and that he really didn't commit a crime, he just made a decision. Although that doesn't hasn't helped Gray Davis. It didn't help Gray Davis yeah. at all. No. Uh, I, I would say that it has a lot to do with the eight to one. It does, yeah. and also the irony is is that Walker and number of people in his administration are under a grand jury investigation for criminal behavior in terms of uh, diverting campaign funds into uh, non campaign related mm-hmm. activities. So the the irony is there could be indictments handed down on a number of people in his administration, including himself, within the next month or two. So there you go. It also goes to show that cheeseheads aren't very smart. No, hmm. probably yeah. not. Newly surfaced documents show top executives at Bank of America neglected to tell shareholders shareholders about major losses at Merrill Lynch. They didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. Before purchasing the company for $50 billion in 2008. Did they forget? Yeah. They just, you know. just forgot. Oh, yeah. you mean that? Oh, well. Oops, major losses. While shareholders relied on optimistic projections from the bank that the deal would earn money, the losses actually resulted in a $20 billion taxpayer bailout. So they acquired this. We bailed it out. Bank of America. Documents filed as part of a law of a shareholder lawsuit in federal court show Bank of America executives knew about the losses before the purchase. The documents include testimony from Bank of America's then-chief, Kenneth Lewis, who admitted he had received loss estimates that were not included in documents given to shareholders. He admitted it. Wow. Yeah, the documents show that just days before the vote, both companies determined Merrill's losses for the fourth quarter would be $14 billion (laughs) before tax. The bank's former treasurer reportedly warned another official at the time that failing to disclose the losses could be criminal. In the words of Charles Ferguson, who upon winning the Academy Award for his documentary on the collapse at Wall Street, said, why has no one been even indicted 
in this yeah. whole this is this is just one more in how many examples of ap- absolute criminal behavior if this is true i mean i assume there's some credibility to this this is insane really all right sorry the supreme court God. unanimously ruled against a protester who said his free speech rights had been violated when secret service agents arrested him after he made critical remarks about bush administration's war policies and was that about dick cheney too uh, the case said, arose in yeah. 2006 visit by Dick Cheney to a mall in Beaver Creek, Colorado. A Secret Service agent assigned to protect the vice president said he heard a man standing nearby say into a cell phone that he planned to ask Mr. Cheney how many kids he's killed today. Seems reasonable enough. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. a it's a reasonable question. Yeah. You, you get a response to that. You yeah. can say, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. These people are defending their country or whatever you say in response. It's, yeah. It's two sides of of an argument. The man, Stephen Howards, later approached Mr. Cheney and said the administration's policy in Iraq are disgusting. And uh, but when they arrested him, I guess that's fair game for saying that. You can't go up to an elected official and say you're disgusting just without the possibility of arrest and then have no one uh, punished, I guess, or have some sort of yeah. unconstitutionality be charged against that action i i get if he had if he had sat down in front of the motorcade in some sort of act of nonviolent protest then he'd been arrested and carried off yeah. but he said what in a manner of speaking we're all entitled to in the town square if a if a guy's up on a soapbox talking about the end of the world and jesus and 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 all the other politics that you want and somebody says you're wrong i think your views are disgusting that's essentially that's, that's free speech. That's that, the that's, essence that's of free exactly speech. What, and, and, yeah. that, and that's what he was saying. They violated his free speech by dragging him away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, well. Florida will defy a federal warning to stop purging people uh, the states sus- that the state suspects aren't U.S. citizens from voter registration rolls. So Florida is going to ignore the order that was handed down by the Justice Department in a letter. Right. But. Uh, but. But. There's a but to that. Okay, go ahead. You got, you got it? Give me the but. No. There's a number of superintendents of elections in Florida. Yeah. I think 67, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. have said, well, we will suspend for now the yeah. purging of these voters yeah. from the list. There's a, there's more than that in the state of Florida, so there are some that will continue to do that. But uh, at least there is some pushback. In yeah. fact, some of them it's have the actually— It's the governor there who yeah. initiated this, this Rick Scott, Scott, Republican. Scott. Yeah. Rick yeah. Scott. I thought he was a defensive back for the Miami Dolphins, but apparently he's—no, he's actually— I don't know anything yeah. about that, Mike. But, I couldn't um, tell you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he—so uh, this is all—this is—A, hey, it's Florida. Hey, hey, this is where—hey, hey, hey, this 2000 again. Come on. Yeah, come on. We had a big party then. We're going to continue to party like it's 2000 yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. This is just such a naked attempt to really to just sort of narrow who can vote. Yeah. The I'll Demo- say. Yeah. I'll say. At the unveiling of George W. Bush's... At the unveiling of George... At the unveiling of George W... At the... Un- What's wrong, Mahler? At the unveil... Jeez. Oh. At the unveiling of George W. Bush's official White House portrait, Obama praised his predecessor's strength and resolve. 
He was specific, though. Don't now, now, yes, he was very specific in that in that praise yeah. about nine eleven. Yeah, that's what he was. Okay, I think he pretty much kind of kept it to that. All and right, he, and, and he, thanked him for his guidance and encouragement, well, Obama. Yeah, thanked yes, him for his. Yeah. You also left me a really good TV sports package, <laughs> said Obama. I think there's a little bit of undercutting going ah, on here. That's great, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Thanks to the former president for a, uh, a great cable cable package <laughs> cable there. Package. Nice lineup, George. Oh, my God. You're a real cheerleader. <laughs> Researchers at the University of Washington have assembled the first comprehensive genetic map of an unborn child, a development that could help usher in a new era of prenatal testing. By analyzing fetal DNA circulating in the mother's blood, and that's the, that's the key phrase. Mm-hmm. In the blood, the scientists were able to sequence the baby's genome 18 weeks into the pregnancy. Wow. So early on, 18 weeks, blood sample will give you the, the, uh, the uh, genome. Yeah, the technique also worked at eight weeks with slightly lower sensitivity. Because the approach requires only bl- a blood sample from the mother and saliva from the father, it poses none of the miscarriage risk associated with invasive tests. And while most existing prenatal tests are designed to check for single disorders, including Down syndrome, a full gene scan has the power to reveal a wide range of potential problems before birth. Wow. So this is right. anyway from 8 to 18 weeks in, they can do a real comprehensive look. Wow. That's remarkable. Yeah, I'll say. So four and a half months in, so even before you can now know, or you can, well, know, is that even, Yeah, that's not the right way to put it, but you certainly have an idea of what may happen with your child. Wow. Amazing. Over there at Penn State. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is that Jerry? We're talking about Jerry Sandusky. Sandusky. Yeah, they picked their jury. Did you hear about this? No, no. Yeah. Don't know. Apparently, uh, it's dominated by people with Penn State loyalties, the jury. Seven women, five men, who will hear the opening statements include an engineering administrative assistant at Penn State, a dance teacher in the continuing education program, a professor who's been on faculty for 24 years, a retired soil sciences professor with 37 years at the university, a man with bachelor's and master's degrees from the school, and a woman who's been a season ticket holder since the 1970s. Well, How does that... <laughs> well, I, okay, so what do you think that means? I mean, does it, does I, I that mean, mean... It just seems kind of loaded for people who would probably what? have Penn State loyalties. They wouldn't look at this uh, without having some sort of bias in some way. I'm not saying it's, it's one way or another, yeah. but it would seem that you wouldn't want a jury that... Yeah. With anybody who'd been to Penn State, you'd, you're, you're not judging them... Judging this man, Jerry Sandusky, based on Penn State. Right. Well, do you think that bodes good or ill for Sandusky? Do you good, think it's, I would think. You do? Okay. I'm just wondering good. how you think it plays out because yeah. are they going to take the tack? Sandusky brought shame to Penn State and we'll make sure that he never sees the, uh, a free day again. Or yeah. does it mean we love Jerry Sandusky? He, you know, if there's an element of reasonable doubt, we'll make sure he never sees a day in jail. I, I don't know. Why that, I think but, Penn State's pretty much behind. Well, and the, given that, that uh, Joe Biden. Paterno was was Penn State, yeah, yeah. they're going to do everything they can, I think, to protect the name of Penn State no yeah, matter that's, what. Yeah, that would be yeah, my, my yeah. take on it. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I got one about yeah? the Pentagon. I Just a couple things. Give me a Pentagon one. 
as as I am wont to say, when when you want to know what the U.S. is going to do, watch the movements of the military. Just yeah. really, truly. And in this case, the Pentagon has announced a new phase in the increased militarization of the Asian Pacific region. Uh, Defense Secretary Leon Panetta said that the United States will shift the bulk of its naval fleet to the Pacific by 2020. So hmm. most of our yeah. our, our very formidable uh, aircraft carriers, destroyers, and submarines will now be working in the in the Pacific, and that's seen as a direct challenge to China. Oh. Uh, a U.S. general in South Korea was recently replaced after he was quoted claiming the United States and South Korean troops have been conducting spy missions in North Korea. Uh, so after that, he uh, he said uh, General Neil uh, Tolley had revealed that soldiers had parachuted into North Korea to conduct special reconnaissance on underground military sites. So as soon as that word got out, the the, uh, the Pentagon said, thanks very much, you need a vacation, yeah. General Neil Tolley. So, <laughs> uh, that's what they did. That's what they did. And the House of Representatives backed as they voted for the U.S. Military Appropriations Bill, $642 billion for the Pentagon, uh, and they uh, they actually exceeded the congressional mandate by eight b- limits by eight billion dollars. There had been a mandate in place: don't spend any more than this. They exceeded it by eight billion dollars. They also, in the bill, uh, upheld the indefinite detention um, rule or not rule, but policy. Yeah. So there you go. I love that policy. Yeah. There you go. And not. Not. Idaho reversed direction in the face of a lawsuit. Lawsuit and said it will sell five wives vodka. Five wives vodka. But the Ilker producer whose label makes an unmistakable reference to polygamy would not immediately rule out legal action, yeah. even though they were backing off. The Idaho State Liquor D- uh, Division rejected as offensive the product that features a sketch of five women hiking up their skirts. Idaho is more than 25% Mormon, of course, and the church was one day allowed... At one time allowed polygamy. We all know about this. Yeah. It, it outlawed it in 1890. But I think that was after Romney was born. Yeah. <laughs> the vodka originates from Ogden's own distillery in Utah, where the Mormon church is based. The company said it would sue Idaho on principle, if necessary. Just on principle. For- now that you just broached the subject, do you think that Romney's past, his family past, of them Going, fleeing to Mexico because they couldn't continue yeah. to be polygamist. Do you think that'll come up in the election? Do you think it'll have any impact? Do you think it matters to people? Oh, it'll come up in the election that, somehow. You know, I don't think Obama's going to bring it up, but, but well, it, it'll fly out there. And I don't know. It could backfire. Yeah. It could backfire. It's just funny. It yeah. is funny because also the other thing, this is just a not it's probably not relevant mm-hmm. but there's there's a chance that romney may not be eligible to run for president because his father was born in mexico yeah oh well that's now not i know it's happen. silly but the, all these all this stuff about obama being born yeah. in kenya the irony is that of the two candidates running in, if you're going to make that case yeah romney may have actually a stronger case against him as a us citizen that's mm-hmm. all i'm saying what about uh, Bloomberg before we get oh, going about here? The sodas? In the sodas. What do you think about soda? I, I think they're the, gonna, they're it's the heart's it, in the apparently. right direction, but is it? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's New York. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to. Well, it's an easy law to get around. Yeah. Too. yeah. It's not. It's, it's, I think it's. But if it does anything, it puts it in the eye of the consumer. That's right. 
I think that's the important part yeah. is that it, it makes people go, what? That was, that's not healthy? Because yeah. believe me, some people don't know. Yeah, exactly. They just don't. They, they think it's, you know, it's, it tastes better than water. Yeah. yeah. I think at this point, if you choose to drink 32 ounces of sugary you know, you carbonated to drink. Die. You you basically you're willfully stupid. Yeah. You're not just ignorant. You're willfully stupid, and I think you deserve whatever consequences come your way at that point. Except I don't want to pay the insurance rates exactly. for it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They end up in an emergency room, obesity care, type two diabetes, all the rest of it. You're right. They lose a leg. It's. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. And finally, and finally, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serpent-handling Pentecostal preacher Mac Walford mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was killed by a rattlesnake that bit him during a surface, a service, not a surface, <laughs> at the Panther Wildlife Management Area in West Virginia nearly 30 years after his serpent-handling father was killed by a rattlesnake bite. Oh. So this was, you know, 30 years later. Son dies exactly the same way. I hated to see him go, Wolford once said, about his father. But he died for what he believed in. 